1: Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freewaves.com slash running on ice. Today, we are joined once again by Royce Neubauer, the founder and CEO of SFL Companies. Welcome back to the show, Royce.
0: Happy to be here. Thanks for having me again.
1: Uh, Looking forward to the conversation. I am kind of excited about today. Um, It's not really a secret that I'm a sustainable girly. Um, And so I like it to be, uh, you know, I like to talk about those things and see what we can do to actually kind of, you know, improve things and make it so that way there will be more generations that can enjoy Earth because it's kind of a cool place, you know, if I can be so bold as to say.
0: I agree with you 100%.
1: So one of those things that is one of the major problems contributing to a lot of issues is food waste. It's a big concern. The produce supply chain, and since that's something that you guys specialize in, what kind of strategies or initiatives have you been involved in to really help minimize that waste as a result, uh, or add, minimize the waste and throughout the supply chain?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say we have any specific initiatives because, you know, every retailer, every wholesaler, they all have their own kind of rules and regulations under PACA that they need to follow. Um, what we tend to do is educate our team. and yeah, you know, we've talked about this before, but on how do we make sure we're getting the product from point A to point B safely and, and in the condition that it's shipped at? Um, for us, the most important part is that pre-ship inspection by our drivers and coaching our drivers up on what to look for. If they see any, you know, wet boxes, any, you know, leaning pallets, um, any product damage in the pre-ship process while the truck is being loaded. I feel we can reduce and eliminate 90, 95% of any claims that would ever result, right? And if we're reducing claims, we're significantly reducing that food waste. Um, as far as initiatives internally, when we do have a situation where there is a possible claim at the receiving end, um, our claims process, I think, is far and on one of the best in the industry we attack the claim immediately and we get all the facts as quickly as possible. We want pictures. We want temp recorders. We want pulp tabs. We want reefer downloads to make sure that if the product arrived cold or warm or, or whatever the issue is, what happened? And is the product safe to consume? And if it's foul that it is safe to consume, but the retailer won't take it or the wholesaler won't receive it, we're finding ways to donate that product to make sure that it is going somewhere and is being consumed in a a safe way. Um, So we work with different food banks, work with different um, shelters in in our markets that we're going to, to make sure that if the product is consumable, but doesn't look perfect for a retailer to sell, um, we want to make sure that's donated and and that, you know, somebody is actually enjoying that food because um, you and I both know that, you know, just because the strawberry came in at 38 degrees instead of 36 doesn't mean the strawberry is bad. Um, it just means that that particular receiver won't take it. But in the end, I think if you know how to ship produce and, and food um, and you educate your drivers and in our operations support is monitoring that throughout, throughout transit, you're going to significantly reduce that food waste.
1: That's something that I didn't learn until I was actually... Um doing something with grace on serious xm and so we had someone call we were talking about you know food waste in the in the supply chain and someone called in was like oh yeah like uh i have this like i i will just go to random food banks and be like here's an entire truckload of stuff like the receiver won't take it it's still perfectly fine it's just outside their acceptable parameters which you know i appreciate that receiver having their step parameters but If food is still good, then you don't want to waste an entire truckload of it and end up in a landfill where nobody can eat it and, you know, people still go hungry. And also it's contributing to, you know, landfills, growing, ever-growing problems.
0: A 100%. Couldn't agree with you more.
1: I did say something one time of someone, um, I want to say it was like flour or wheat. It was something that it wasn't really, and you couldn't really be donated to a food pantry but they were able to find some farm and like drop it off on the farm. And because it was still safe for like animal consumption, it was just not, it wasn't acceptable by the receiver. And it's kind of hard to take. I think it was just like a load of like just whole wheat um, that they were like, well, we can't like take it to a food bank because they don't have the ways to process it. So I just ended up at a farm and I was like, that's actually pretty genius because throw it out there and enough cows and pigs and animals will happily and solid
0: yeah we've had such situations like that as well and you mentioned corn we've we have had a situation or two with with corn shipments that the market shifts they bought too much and we've had retailers say you there's nothing wrong with it we just can't take it in we can't receive it we're not selling fast enough and we're just going to heat the costs can you find a place to dump it instead of dumping it we just found a farm similar situation where they're able to feed it to their hogs or whatever and and it worked out. The food was actually consumed. Yeah,
1: I absolutely love that. See, that is the kind of creativity that I love, like talking to people about and hearing those stories, because it's something that I would have never thought of until you're in that situation where you're like, oh, I can I find a place for this to go. Um, I, I just that's, that's why I love logistics is because you always have everyone's like, oh, not every day is the same. And you're like, it's you're like, yeah, it's not because some days I'm literally calling farmers asking I just showed up with a truckload of corn. Could you possibly do something with that?
0: A hundred percent. And you know it, that is the thing that either sucks you in or kicks you out of logistics is putting those puzzle pieces together every single day. You either thrive on it and love it and love the the creativity that you're able to provide, or it's you just you just want to check boxes, and that's not a box you're willing to check. And it's just too much, too too much wild, wild west sometimes. Um, but it is controlled, and, it, and if you know the industry and you understand what you're able to do and what you shouldn't be doing. Um, the decisions are are pretty simple. Um, but it's easy for me to say that I've been doing this for 23 years now. in the beginning I'm sure it wasn't, but it was the ups and downs of the roller coaster and the puzzle pieces that really drew me to logistics and, and supply chain and and I love it.
1: That is that is one of the things that I do love about it is the like, so we have this problem. What do we do? Those were always my favorite of like, so we're not exactly sure how to solve this. And I'm like, give me five minutes. I'll come up with some insane answer that's half a joke, but also if we could pull it off, would be really cool. Yeah, 100%. Those are the, the other, some of those favorite days where everybody's just coming up with like next, each next like crazy ludicrous idea. And then you're like, wait, actually that could work.
0: That could work, that <laughs> could, could work.
1: So one of the things that you guys do because you guys know, offer managed transportation systems Um, you kind of help shippers like with efficiently loading and packaging trailers. Have you guys really um, had a lot of success when it comes to kind of, you know, educating shippers on, Hey, maybe you shouldn't put 700 million things of packaging around here because it's, you know, it makes it, you'll either dim out or it's too heavy or it's too light. Like, have you had a lot of success with like getting your shippers to have less
0: horrible? You're 100%. I mean, As far as the packaging itself, we have no say, but as far as loading the truck, we definitely have a say. Um, and that goes back to the preloading inspections that our drivers do and coaching the drivers out, you know, different commodities need to be loaded in different manners and they need different protection. So by understanding the commodity grouping and understanding what can ship with it and how it needs to be loaded, it, it is vital, uh, to reducing food waste and claims, but also. You know, making sure that that truck isn't too heavy, that the axles are loaded correctly, um, products not touching air to protect air circulation through the trailer. A lot of people kind of stay away from food and, and produce because they don't understand how to load each commodity. But you know, we feel that we're professionals in our craft and we study the commodities and we understand that, you know, if you're loading clementines that are imported and, you know, you're in a shipper and they've got two airbags on the side of the trailer well, that's wrong. I need 10 and trying to educate our shipper into buying more airbags. It only costs $10 a piece, $15 a piece, you know, it's cutting into their costs, but at the end of the day, it's protecting them against an entire load tipping over. So we have educated our shippers on making sure that certain commodities aren't loaded too far back in the trailer. So the airflow will circulate properly. Um, and it's just simple pictures at the, at the loading side and, and we'll tell our drivers to only they need to pull two pallets off or, or they need to figure it out because we're not going to risk a claim on this trailer because they're trying to stuff the trailer with too much product. Um, but it's also, you know, a collaboration. You've got to have a shipper that understands what they're loading as well. Some do, some don't. Um, sometimes you'll get a buyer that is buying too much of one commodity and they're trying to load it with something that it doesn't work with. Onions and apples can't be shipping together. The temperature's way off. We've had those types of situations where they're like well just throw them on there No, your apples are going to smell like onions and taste like onions so we can't allow that and we're doing this for your protection mr buyer um but you know it's just it's a collaboration and just being understanding that they're trying to move as much product as they possibly can at the best rate but in the end we have to make sure that we're loading the same commodity groupings that can ship with each other based off temperature requirements and weight requirements so we do monitor that um, we see shipments coming over our team will analyze you know, what we're putting on the truck and make sure that it makes sense and, and that everybody's protected another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: I really, really like that because you you not only are you saying like you're advocating for your shippers and saying, well, I don't want you to have claims because that means that you're going to lose product and that means you're going to lose revenue but you're also advocating for those drivers of like, hey, if they've loaded you incorrectly, like do not leave, like just, you know, kind of stand up for yourself and say, I can't leave until you fix this. And then eventually there will be a a victory somewhere.
0: You have to. And and if, you know, if you're loading heavy commodities and the driver knows that is, you know, is, is actual is going to be overweight or something of that matter. You know, we want them to communicate that because if they get you know, 50 miles down the road and had to scale and they're overweight. Now they're getting ticketed and they have to go back or we have to send a new truck in to pull product off. It just becomes a disaster. So if you can catch it at the shipping side, you can eliminate a lot of of issues along that path.
1: So kind of along that shipping side and, um, you know, advocating for customers, what kind of steps um, have you guys taken to really maximize efficiency? You know, because produce it can't really you can't really get stuck in a 10-hour traffic jam uh, on i-95 like that's just not that's not really a good a good move for it so how have you guys really um advocated for your or i guess advocated for your shippers and carriers that like hey this is how we're going to ma- maximize efficiency so we have less trucks on the road or like less trucks going unnecessary places every truck is loaded fully and you know ideally in a perfect world we're not having any any produce loss
0: Yeah, we've worked with, you know, quite a few of our shippers and some of their buyers and some of their buying habits um, and just consolidating shipments, consolidating picks. Um, Gosh, when I started, we were doing five, six picks in California to to get to fill out a truck. Um, So if we're able to get a consolidator involved where they can maybe hit two or three of those sheds and, and get the product to one shipping point we're able to get that driver on the road much quicker and and make sure that all those commodity groupings are loaded correctly, but it's also eliminating the environmental footprint of that truck going up and down, you know, different towns in California picking up product and then trying to manage their logbook to make an on-time delivery, right? And with e-logs, I think it has forced a lot of shippers to make sure that those picks are consolidated The drivers have the the right amount of hours to pick up and deliver products safely. Um, But it's route optimization. It's working with your shippers. Um, We have a retailer that does a lot of organics, which that's very spread out. Um, And sometimes it's better if we look at a scenario where they're buying an organic item, and it might be 20 cases, but it's taking us 400 miles out of route that's going to add a lot of wasteful spend on their end because just the cost to drive there, the we're probably going to use, lose a day of the entire product being delivered. They may be better off just buying that from a wholesaler in that store's market. Right. So just kind of educating them and talking through certain scenarios with them on what they're buying, why they're buying it and what it really does to us as far as transit time is concerned. And are we fully maximizing that trailer? Can we get more product on that? that you have on a different shipment that's going to the same receiver. Um, you know, we work with our shippers. You know, We can tell with our technology if a trailer is, is going to be full or not. And if we see that there's space opportunity and we have another truck coming in that um, is only picking up a, a small amount of goods, we'll try to consolidate that with the shipper. You know, each of them have their own rules and regulations, so it's it's really difficult to do. If If the entire ecosystem were more transparent, um, which I've been fighting for for 20-something years now, it would be a much easier task. Uh, but as we all know, you know, competing businesses don't like to share data with each other and information with each other. Um, but we have had some shippers that, you know, were worked picking up at one or two locations and it's two or three pallets for four or five different ship receivers that we've consolidated those in almost an LTL opportunity. Because we know we can get it, the product picked up and delivered safely and, and in an on time manner for their receivers. Um, so we've had to manage those type of expectations, letting them know that, hey, we might be putting product A on with product B's retailer, but they're all going to get there on time. They're all going to get there safely, and they're not going to know whose product is A or B. We just know where it's loaded on the truck. Our driver knows exactly which pallets are for this shipper or that receiver. And you know we're able to consolidate four or five trucks into one um so you know just analyzing each shipment and analyzing each you know system that our shippers are providing to us give us that ability they don't always accept it sometimes they say nope I want four separate trucks then we're sending four separate trucks you know it would be nice if we could make that decision but in the end it is up to the retailer it's up to the wholesaler the shipper on what they're willing to share and what they want on each truck and And we kind of have to abide by those rules, but we do put in our two sets and and we try to be um, more efficient in the supply chain and maximize capacity as much as possible.
1: It's like that infamous, uh, it's like the infamous conversation with your hairdresser. Like they'll say, I don't think that's a great idea, but ultimately like I'll do what you want, but I don't recommend doing that. Like anytime you're just going to go and get bangs, they're like, look, I mean, I'll do what you want, but I don't think that's a good look for you. And, um, so it's like, I, I like that you guys take that into like, you're like, yeah, okay. Like, look, your you're customer will do whatever you say, but um, it's not a very smart idea. And, you
0: know, we're not going to tell us how smart, but at the end of the day, we are going to tell hey, this might be a, a, a different option that you're not considering. Um, if we capitalize on this option, you're going to save X amount and it's going to, it's still going to get there on time. But in the end, it is up to them to make that file call. It is their product. They do own it. And we want to make sure that they're satisfied and their needs are satisfied.
1: It's that that what you have planned is great. I'm just going to happen to bring up some alternatives. And if you happen to like those better...
0: Then you're going to save X amount of dollars, typically.
1: So um, I guess everyone's all up in arms right now about autonomous technology. We are seeing um, quite a few autonomous truck manufacturers hit some road bumps, if you will. Um, so I guess when it comes to the, and I mean, we've seen autonomous tractors in our agriculture for a while, like, you know, from picking, harvesting, planting, um, spraying things. Um, how do you kind of, uh, in in some time, because I think we're still some time away from autonomous vehicles really being a major component of the supply chain, um, how do you see autonomous technology kind of hanging out and being a part of the produce supply chain outside of, mm, excuse me, outside of, you know, those tractors in the field.
0: Yeah. I think what they're proving in the field is amazing. Right, And you've got machines that can scan strawberries to tell you that the optimal time to pick them and apples the same way. Um, as far as the trucking world is concerned, I do think we're ways off. Um, there's a lot that a driver does that they have control of that, that I think they're figuring out that it, it's a little difficult for a computer to do. Um, but with AI technology, um, autonomous options are going to come, you know, at some point in time in our lives. I just don't know if we're going to see it, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. Um, when I look at how produce is loaded, you know, I, the cost of the equipment for it, trucking company to buy an autonomous truck, it prices them out of the market. How do they pay for that is the biggest question. Um yeah, your your driver cost may go down. Is the driver need different now? Do they need a CDL? I don't know. Those are questions that need to be answered. I think they should. Um because if something happens with a computer, the driver needs to understand how to operate that vehicle. Um you know, where I would love to see it kind of turn as more AI driven, where we're looking at route optimization, trailer maximization, fuel consumption, you know, running the reefer unit at the optimal time, um, loading, you know, certain commodities at, the, at an optimal time so that the reefer unit isn't working as hard. You know, I think AI around this can really help build more intelligent processes than, than what we have today. Uh, but as far as just full autonomous, man, that's a that's something that's been kicked around for the last 15 years. I feel, and that code has yet to be cracked. Um, when you have, you know, cars in Arizona slamming into people, I don't know how you put 80,000 pounds heading down the road and trust it. it it's just, it, it is going to happen eventually. I just don't know how close we are to that.
1: I've also been trying to figure it out because we've seen some successful test runs of, you know, dry goods shipments going 200 miles down a highway. I, and I love that. But I do think that um if anything, like you mentioned, we're going to have a lot of those smaller ones of, you know, reefer optimization and load optimization to really kind of enhance because you got to start with the little stuff. You got to build that strong foundation before you can just go, bam, full autonomous. Like you have to start Yeah, you got to start small. So I really like that. I think one of the easiest things that I've seen, um, it is expensive. So it's, you know, with great, I don't know. It's kind of up to a shipper if it's worth it. But I think one of the easier things I've seen is um, the uh, autonomous yard jockeys. So instead of having to have a warehouse person go and pull trailers around, literally, it's just like, um, it's like a Roomba that will bring your trailers
0: yeah it's a set route right it knows that map it knows exactly what the traffic's going to be in that environment which i don't know how you can map that in over the road trucking Yeah, you know, we don't know what the 101 one's going to look like today versus tomorrow right I 75 through the midwest you know with construction and you know, the amount of traffic that's coming in and off of highways man that's that's difficult to manage but i do agree with you with the like the yard jackie concept, like the rule, but I think that's, like you said, small steps, start small and then work your way out. And I think that's a great place to start.
1: I love that because also it frees up because, you know, it's not exactly the easiest to staff a warehouse at the moment. So it frees up some of those people for that, you know, they don't need to be out in the yard pulling a trailer when they could be loading a trailer or doing something inside the warehouse to make it more efficient. Because if I can just have something, bring it, you know, from that corner over there, have it, the the thing drive it in a fence where there's not really a lot of traffic. The worst that will happen if it goes wrong is I will have a trailer run into a trailer. Exactly. And I can pretty I can pretty easily fix a trailer on trailer crime um, because the 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 vehicle's not going fast enough to do a lot of damage. So maybe it's just like get out there with a paintbrush or like a hammer to like undo it. But.
0: And I do feel it'll hit the dry world first. Um, Probably small packages and things of that nature first, before it gets to produce and, and food, um, because it is a more hands-on process as far as loading and, and receiving, because the claim ratios are a little bit different, um, damages are a little bit different. You know, people are consuming these goods versus you know putting a shirt on or something that's just, you know a package good. Um, so it, it is a little different world than than some of the supply chain. I do feel that we will probably be impacted last when it comes to autonomous vehicles.
1: There's a lot about the cold chain that I'm very curious to see how it adapts into autonomous um, technology because there's just a lot of weird stuff that, you know, you really need someone there to say, this is this temperature and this is what this looks like. so. I don't know. I'm excited for the future of it. I do think it's a ways off, but, um, you know, I love the conversations that are being had around.
0: I couldn't agree more.
1: All right. So we have asked you quite a few questions on this show. Um, We know where you stand on cereal. We know, you know, if you could eat, we know that you love to eat steak. Um, This one's going to be a fun one. If you could have a superpower related to the transportation industry, would you choose the ability to instantly teleport freight anywhere in the world or the power to make traffic lights green whenever you approach them?
0: That's just an interesting question. Um, uh, When it specifically relates to transportation and logistics and not me driving a car, (laughs) I would pick teleportation. Um, I feel
1: like that would solve a lot of your, it would solve a lot of problems.
0: I think when you talk about food sustainability, um, that would greatly reduce that um energy resource utilization greatly reduce that um so i think teleportation would be ideal for, uh, for all commodities um but when it comes to just me actually physically driving uh, the green light thing would be ideal i do get a bit of road rage so it's a problem and, and, and an issue i've been working on for many years
1: haven't we all i have a. I- touch we have a new intersection installed by my house that no one seems to understand so that's a fun one for me all the day on the daily
0: yeah i mean anytime i can catch a green light i'm ecstatic
1: it's a good it's going to be a good day when you catch the green light um so if anyone wants to you know see if they see if you have that uh, ability to instantly teleport freight or reach out about any other questions they have where can they find you outside the show?
0: Please check us out at www.sflcompanies.com and anybody can email me at royce at sflcompanies.com. I'm available to answer any questions and, and see if we can't uh, fit your need.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcasts such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Any more Running on Ice news? No sweat. You can subscribe to the newsletter on running slash Ice. See you on the internet. oh, 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 oh